So in our last episode, we had this little balloon doggy on the table, but you have not mentioned anything about the, you just literally put it there. You I literally did. put it there, but didn't say anything. I mean, Parker's been decorating the house and stuff, and I know she really likes it. And I know it's a knockoff of some famous artist whose name I can't remember right now, but I figured. Two episodes down and the, we got the balloon dog with us. Uh -huh. It is the 800 pound gorilla in the room. It is. Absolutely. I'm glad you finally brought it up. <laughs> it has no meaning. It's completely random. It, exactly, which yeah. is why I had to bring it up because uh, last episode I was like, huh, okay. It was in the middle of the episode as you were talking. I was like, wait, is the balloon dog is on the table. <laughs> so um, if you are listening to the podcast, we want to thank you for tuning in again. Yeah. We so appreciate, we love interacting with our uh, listeners. So we welcome any DMs that you have. And if you have any questions, you can always email them at info at skiptownallstars.com. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Check out some of our shorts. We put a lot of uh, content in the shorts that relates to the episodes. So if we're in a city and we're talking about, oh, a run fair, well, uh, then check out a short. I bet you there's a video in there that relates to that episode. Uh, if you like it, the, the short, or if you're, you know, like the channel, share it with a friend. It's always super helpful. We'd never understood why YouTubers always say subscribe, subscribe. Well, now we do. <laughs> yeah, we get it now. We really do because the um, more we grow our page, just the better the algorithm is and how we can uh, start showing up on other people's feed at you on YouTube. And, um, you know, it's just the more the merrier. Indeed. I especially love DMs. Hi, James. You look nice today. And <laughs> it's some guy from Nigeria. Totally. <laughs> Uh, do not answer those DMs. I'm telling you right now, it I is nothing not. but trouble. I do not. And if they ask you for your social, you know not to give it. I, I do know that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Just want to make sure. It's not the 80s. Just yeah. want to make sure. You yeah. know. Uh huh. So all that said, we are talking Jordan and my second stop in my swing through the Middle East. Let's get it. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey listeners, ever wonder what it'd be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. Welcome back, All-Stars, to another exciting edition. We are back. We are. <laughs> we are. We learned a lot about Egypt. I certainly learned a lot about Egypt. I and, had a lot uh, to say, didn't I? You did. Yeah. You did. It was good, though. I mean, you covered all bases, like where to go, what to do, um, how friendly the people were, what to eat, stay away from pigeon. Uh, no, I, I'm not saying that because there are a lot of people who like pigeon. So should I say that? Yeah, you should definitely stay away from pigeon. I have no... <laughs> reservations whatsoever about saying that you're not from France. You're not from farm country in Egypt. Don't eat the pigeon. It's just going to, it's going to cause a visceral reaction to you. Every time you visit a city park, we don't want PTSD. I have it. So anyway, uh, now we're going to start, uh, another country that James was visiting while on his, I say African middle Eastern run. He says it's just middle East because I guess 
Egypt is now considered the Middle East, although it's on the continent of Africa. It's also confusing. But whatever the case, he has now landed himself for this episode in Jordan. Yes. When you last caught up with us, I had just fallen asleep in a cab on the way to the airport, leaving Luxor, Egypt. My friend Bill and I, who were traveling together, were on our way to our second country. And we were super excited, except for the fact that I couldn't stay awake. Well, you had you were you had done a lot, so it was understandable. Oh, yeah. After like six, what was that? Your seventh day or sixth day? Your sixth day or seventh? It was our sixth day. I think okay, so point, you were yeah. pretty you were pretty wiped. So I have a question for you before we <clears> jump <throat> right into it. Yeah. Out of all the countries you could have visited, I mean, you're in Africa. You could have certainly visited another African country, or if you're going to take a plane and go to the Middle East, like you could have done. Turkey, you could have done mm -hmm. uh, like other countries. Why Jordan? I, I know that Bill picked it, but why did he pick it? Yeah, just because Bill picked it. Truthfully, okay. I mean, he was <laughs> okay. already going there, so I was like, "We okay. should pay him a fee." We should pay. <laughs> we should pay Bill a fee. Okay. Uh, no, was I mean, I had no reason. It was never on my dartboard ever. Okay. You know this. Have I ever said to you, "I need to go to Jordan no, before never. I die"? No, yeah. never heard that. I don't know. Like Bill, uh, so we did Egypt. We were doing Jordan, and then he was going to Israel. I didn't have the same inclination to go to Israel. I feel like if you go to Israel, you need to spend a week there, maybe. I, I feel the same way. So yeah. I would agree with you. And, at and that you point, didn't have it. I, did, I mean, I just didn't have, I didn't have the time or the budget for three weeks of traveling abroad. So I nixed the Israeli part of the tour. And uh, I'm really happy I did because I feel like, I will go to Israel at some point in my life. I'm not sure I would ever get a chance, like somebody who was interested in going to Jordan again. That's so. true. Okay, so you're right. Because I think it's easier to find someone who's interested in Israel yeah. than it would ever be to find someone who's interested in Jordan. I mean, I agree. The Jordan popped up. I was like, Jordan? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could totally join an evangelical church who's doing the Bible tour, or I have yep. plenty of Jewish folks that I'm friends with uh, across the country, but especially in LA. So, you know, eventually I could like piggyback or join somebody there and, uh, you know, have a sort of a boots on the ground. Like so many people we know have been there so many times. It's just, yeah. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's always on the table for me. So yeah, ultimately uh, Bill was going to Jordan and I was going to. All right. So it's, let's start off. You, uh, Tell me about the flight. How okay. long is a flight from Egypt to Jordan? Uh, so on this particular flight, we had uh, two hours to Cairo and then another three hours, I think, to Amman, Jordan. A-M-M-A-N. Okay. -M -M I, I believe Amman's the capital. When you look Jordan. on a map, it looks really far. So I cannot believe it's only two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to fly over Israel to get there. I don't, I don't care who you have to fly over. I'm yeah. saying when you look on a map, it looks really far. It doesn't like two hours is like LA to San Francisco. When you look on the map, you're going from one continent to another. It seems longer than two hours. So I was, oh. I'm surprised. Yeah, it was definitely, I, I would say three, something like that. Here's a situation though, that I've noticed, especially on these, uh, in, on these flights in the middle East is their airport structure is different than ours. You show up at the airport, in the United States, and you're right there in front of American Airlines or whoever, you go, you do your checked bag dance and all that. You stand in line, you check your bag, they take it, then you go through security. Mm -hmm. It's not like that in the Middle East. In the Middle East, you go through security right away. No. Oh. But here's the issue. If you go through security right away, and then you go to your ticket counter, and that ticket counter is not accepting bags for your flight yet, 
you have to, you have a choice. You either have to stand around in no man's land. There are no chairs because you're essentially still in the security section. So you have a choice to stand around and wait for your counter to open or go all the way back out through security and wait in the lobby of the airport. And Bill and I walked in and promptly had to sit down. Like we couldn't even go through security. Because you were so early? We were so early. Okay. We had to sit there and wait for our ticket guy to open up the counter before he and I could even go through security. Can you see him from your seats? Yeah. We could see him. He was back there like milling around. It's not uncommon for you to go through two or three checkpoints, security checkpoints, passport out, everything, rescanning your your bag or whatever. At the airport. At the airport. But it's still, you know, you don't need to be there three hours early necessarily for an international flight because frankly, your ticket gate may not be open when you get there three hours early. Okay. So that's my advice. When we got to Amman, we figured out, oh, because our connector left so late that our bags did not make it to Amman, Jordan. So here we are in a new country. Uh, we each had a pair of gym shorts and a t-shirt or something like that in our backpacks. So we were- I can't believe you even had an extra something in your backpack. What made you decide to do that? Well, I had been on two tours in Luxor, Egypt that morning. I was not clean. You had I was dirty sweaty. clothes. You had I had dirty- clean clothes on a dirty body. Got it. And, you know, story of my life. So- <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I look good on the outside. Uh, what can I say? Uh, and so uh, ultimately we decide, okay, we're not going to get our bags tonight. Bill had the foresight to buy Apple AirTags. Was it really Bill? It was probably his wife, Fa. Uh-huh. Fabia. I yeah. would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So props to Fa uh-huh. for thinking of that. Anyway, uh, Bill knew that our luggage was still in Cairo. It was still pinging him from Cairo. So we had a hotel that we could go to. We decided we were going to stay. Uh, we booked this on the fly in keeping with our tradition. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We booked this uh, the morning of. We booked This the- is literally man-style travel. Yeah. Like there should be a whole show on man-style travel, but it would honestly last, I think, two episodes because it would be like do everything at the last minute. This this will come back to bite us later in this episode, and I can't wait to share that detail with you. But uh, so we had a boutique hotel booked. It was fifty five dollars a night. Wow! I wanted to ask you like yeah. about the money there. Does Jordan have the same conversion rate as Egypt? Because I heard Jordan's like a little more expensive. Jordan is way more expensive. Oh, so it wasn't fifty five dollars a night then? No, There's it no wasn't. Way. It was more like ninety dollars US. So okay, still not bad. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the conversion rate is 1.4 Jordanian dinars to one US dollar. So if you're buying a $10 omelet, you're paying $14 in real life for that. For 14 American dollars. It's the other way around. It's actually the other way around. I think what you meant was oh, that it's, pu- one dinar, it's one Jordanian dinar and $1.4 American dollars. So if something's a dollar, it's going to cost us $1.50. Oh, you're right. I said that backwards. Yeah. And so if, if you're ordering... Uh, a shawarma that's eight dinars, you're paying twelve dollars for yeah. it. So the equivalent in my mind is you're Beverly paying Hills. you're paying like New York or LA prices for, sure. for your food. Mm-hmm. If you're coming from Egypt, it's really expensive to go to Jordan. Oh my gosh. So yeah. uh I took three hundred US dollars to convert to Jordanian dinars. Which and I got two hundred and twenty six dollars or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. That's six right. dinars. Uh, you lose money is, when you go to Jordan. You lose money. Jordan is not not inexpensive. It is not. Oh, you still have the laptop out, I noticed. 
Oh yeah, I got notes. <laughs> Again, I got notes. I need them. I, I swear, because I I don't like I don't know all. The, I'm a white boy. I don't know all the pronunciation pronunciations of some of the names. Okay. But anyway, we stayed at a place called the Conroy Boutique Hotel near uh, where Al Sawaifia is and Shmezani. <laughs> I like I'm totally this butchering awesome. this name. This is I know. awesome. Uh, Shmezani is a little bit more of a budget conscious area to stay, and then you have a place called Paris Square. That's where all the hipsters are. Paris? Paris Square, as in Paris, France. Yeah. P-A-R-I-S. Okay. They call it Paris Square. Uh, Bill and I were not going to head to Paris Square in our dirty gym shorts. So we decided to just keep it local. But by the time we checked into our hotel, it was already getting late. It, like what time? Uh, 12.30 at night. Midnight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. We got in okay. late. Um, yeah, you did say that. Sorry. Okay, so hold on really yeah. quick. Mm -hmm. Is Jordan as dirty as Cairo? Not at all. Oh my okay. God. It's so clean. Okay. It is clean. It is clean lines, metropolitan, small. I want you to think of like third street promenade, Santa Monica. Okay. Without homeless people, oh. without drug addicts or panhandlers. It's cute. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, nice cafes. Santa Monica, third street promenade 25 years ago. Very Mediterranean feel to it. Like upscale oh. Mediterranean in okay. the area we were staying. The Conroy Boutique felt the same way. It looked great from the outside. The lobby, when we arrived, looked amazing. Who picked these out? I'm just curious. I picked out the Conroy. Okay. Yeah. Although uh, I think Bill and I, I picked it out at like 1130 the night before. Mm -hmm. And then I had a 4 a.m. tour. So I was already falling asleep like when we picked out this hotel. Okay. And and Bill, as you know from the last episode, was experiencing heat strokes. So yeah. it was all on me. Um, Good job, babe. Oh, not really, because once we checked in, oh, what happened? <laughs> I knew we were in a little bit of trouble when the elevator door opened and the carpet did not meet Ooh. the threshold. <laughs> and so there was like no. there was there was like concrete or cement or something underneath. And I was like, carpet does. I was like, this is not good. Oh, no. Went into our room. Um, the beds were junky. The curtains were old. What? It was crazy because like a boutique the, the hotel. place looked amazing from the outside. Okay, so the whole area looked amazing. We didn't do anything. We were tired. We didn't have any bags anyway. Oh so God. it was like, uh, you know, let's go. We were just so hungry at that point. We decided, all right, look, it is what it is. We paid what we paid. That's what you get. Although in fairness, so many hotels in the entire region were around the same price point. Like we picked something in the middle, you know? So I don't know. We lost on that one. The room sucked. Woke up the next morning expecting fully that our bags, as we were told, would be in our hotel lobby. Did not happen. Well, as we were having our coffee, sure enough, we got a ping that our bags had arrived in Almond, Jordan. So we're like, great, we're just going to head to the airport and get our bags. Okay. Right? We're not going to have them deliver because they'll be on a bus all day or mm -hmm. a van all day. So like I said, I got like $206, something like that. That's not going to go far. It's not because you know what? The cabs only take cash. Oh my gosh, they, are you serious? Yeah, like if you want the best deal on a cab, you have to pay cash. Do they have so, even the card machine in the in the cabbie? Yeah. No, they uh some of them do. And your cash is gonna go so quickly when you're taking cabs. We had no idea at this moment. We would have converted oh. a lot more money okay. at the so, time than we did. Yeah. So Bill had found a driver while I was, you know, getting my beauty sleep. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh the driver had to stop somewhere. He was part of a cab group. Mm -hmm. So we had to stop somewhere, show them our passports. Okay. There were like requisite things we had to do. Uh, when you're in Jordan, you can buy a Jordan pass, which is equivalent to like our national park uh, passes that okay. we do for all the national parks. 
But in Jordan, uh, it's also your travel visa. So you pay for the travel visa and it gets you into all the parks, Wadi Rum, the Dead oh, Sea, okay. all these places, right? So we're, we're approaching the airport. We're about five minutes away after all these little journeys. And all of a sudden Bill goes, oh my gosh, I just got a ping. Like our luggage is on the move. Oh no. So they were about to load, our, they were loading our luggage and now we were going to miss the And he's van. getting these pings from AirTag. It, from the Apple AirTag. Okay. Incidentally, I've purchased five since this trip. So <laughs> one for every Gordon. Yeah, you on. haven't had good luck on luggage. I haven't. So our cabbie could have gone straight, right, or left. He decides to go left. And all of a sudden, Bill's Geiger counter, his AirTag, starts going crazy. We're right on top of this bag. Oh, you're so Bill lucky. goes, wait, stop, stop. And we he hits the brakes. The cab hits the brakes. I recorded this stuff, so it's verified. All right. There are two guys loading a ton of luggage into two vans. And sure enough, Bill has this bag that his wife packed for him. I It was olive the green. The fact that she packed a bag for him. I know. Like, would you... First of all, I know I can't even. Well, I mean, honestly, like he needs the his, thought. He, he needs his binky. <laughs> he needs his blankie. <laughs> he needs all these things. Could you? Okay, if I came to you and said, "Honey, I want to pack your bag," what would your like? What would your response be? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want you to. Like, you're gonna pack all the things. Like, you're gonna pack the shirts I hate. You know, the, like my least worn things that you think look nice. There's no way. No, it's, it would you, never work. If you came to me and said, "Honey, I'm gonna pack your bag," I would. My immediate response would be, who are you and where is my husband? <laughs> yeah, it's it's never going to happen. It's I couldn't even- I just so 1950s. I, I cannot believe Fa packs his bags for him. I know. Like that, I can't believe he lets her. I know, June Cleaver. I could just see him laying on the couch watching football while she's packing his bag. Uh -huh. Can't you just picture it? Like, oh yeah, she did all the laundry and then oh, like yeah. folded up nice uh -huh. and yeah. everything was nice and pressed. And then she has it all like zipped yeah. up and it's by the door for when Bill's about to leave. Like that's kind of incredible. Well, like, the best part is this. She puts it in a bag and I know, uh, I forget the maker of the bag, but it's an upscale bag, right? Like it's- Suitcase. It's a suitcase, hard shell- but the thing is rectangular rather than being like suitcase <laughs> Like size. a square, rather than being a square. Rather than being a square. So it stands up like, it looks like you have, I don't know, a rocket launcher inside there. And so- <laughs> He's you know carrying it's like this a, thing all around the Middle but East. But you know it's like a so, long chomps so, like so, suitcase or like a Louis Vuitton. Like so, you know it's super expensive. I know. Two white guys with tattoos carrying around a rocket launcher through Egypt and Amman, Jordan. How do you think we looked? Like what do you think we looked like? To I them? know that's really. Is there funny. any wonder we had a thousand checkpoints everywhere we went? Yeah. Thanks, Fa. I know. So. <laughs> With that expensive suitcase. But in this case, it worked out because we pull off and our cabbie slams the brakes. We get out of the car. We go running over there. And Bill's like, I have it. That's my bag. Are my bags in there? And all this other stuff. And he looks in the first van. He's like, no. And then he looks in the <laughs> other van. And sure enough, there's his bag sticking out like seven inches taller than, than the all rest the other of the bags. bags. So you could like see yeah. it. Was your bag right next to his? Yeah, totally. It was right next to it. That's so funny. So the real moral of the story is air tags were the hero that day. And his tall suitcase. Yeah. So in the end, thankful for Fa. Because if it was up to Bill, it would have been a black duffel bag and it would still be on a van somewhere. Oh yeah, it'd been a scuba bag for uh -huh, sure. Uh -huh. So that was it. After that, we were off to uh, Wadi Rum. Okay, so what's Wadi Rum? Wadi Rum is a desert. It sounds super, super glamorous, I know, but it's actually a desert where Dune, The Martian, and Star Wars have all uh, had portions of the movies filmed. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
So, uh, but on the way, our cab, so our cab driver, his name is Hotels. I think it's Hotels. We asked him to pronounce it twice. It's Otel. You know, it's Otel. O-T-E-L-S. But it had an S or a Z on the end. Yeah, Hotels. 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 So we called, Not- him, ho- we called him Hotels. Okay. <laughs> and he answered to it. <laughs> he was like, yes. I, I said, so I would say Hotels. What area is this? It's and then Otel. He would tell us, it's Otel. Probably. Go ahead. Maybe. Now that you're saying it that way, I knew it wasn't hotels. No, it was not. It wasn't. So, uh, but he recommends highly that since we're in the Amon region, um, that we hit the Dead Sea on the way down there Mm -hmm. because we may not hit it on the way back. Mm -hmm. I figured you probably would hit the Dead Sea. I'm like, it's some, I just thought like you're near there. So maybe you would. So what was it like? It was. Was it everything that you hear? So you check into a Hilton for starters. You got to go through there, and they oh, they take you. You mean to get a day pass? Yeah, you get a day pass. For, so wait for where you, we went. There's no public like Dead Sea Park. I, I there may be. There has to be. It's tough because it's so rocky. It's so oh, rocky around this. Okay, place. so you have to go to a resort to like. Yeah. Okay. All right. And there are section of, sections of the Dead Sea where you can see the salt floating on the water. Oh, wow. So it cost us an extra $80 to have hotels take us there. Mm-hmm. And then it cost us $75 for the two of us to be able to go take their little shuttle bus down to the water. So it's $35 for a day pass for each of you? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's expensive. An extra 80 to go just for yeah. transportation. Yeah. Okay. So it was an extra... Like, I don't know, like almost $100 for you and Bill to go to the desk. It was easy, $150 okay. Okay. after the conversion rate. Yeah, for per the person? two of us, total. Got it. Uh, Bill wasn't as into it as I was, but I talked him into it. And so we went. Uh, the Dead Sea is insane because it's exactly as described. There are no fish. H- hardly any microorganisms can live in there. There is no plant life. It's Rocks and sand all the way down to the saltiest water you have ever been in in your life. Uh, I think I was in the water for a whole four milliseconds before some of it went up my nose. Oh. And it burned Yeah, the entire time I was out there. It was oh. so hot. The water was warm. I'm sure. How did your skin feel after? Because when you're in the mall, you have all those kiosk guys bugging yep. the crap out of you for dead sea shit. I want to know. Yep. You were there. Tell me. Okay. We got in the water. We did all that like saltwater business and decided, okay, everybody was starting to do the mud. So we were like, okay, we got to do the mud because we're here. You know, it's supposed to have all these magical healing yeah, powers, right? Yeah. That's what the girl at the kiosk who like dra- yeah. dragged me to toward her kiosk told me. And so my knee's been a little tweaky. So that's the first place I put the mud. Afterward, I got in, you rinse off the mud and we had been in the water maybe 20, 25 minutes blazing sun right Mm -hmm. but we had already like we were in egypt already we had been out in the sun we're tan at this point i got sunburned in the seven minutes that i was in the water for the second time washing off the mud because all of my dead skin was gone and now it was all fresh skin so i had redness by the time we finished swimming in the pool and getting back into the cab to go down to wadi rum I actually had, my arms were red and my shoulders were a little like, Pink. you know, kicking off some heat. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So I think there is something to the salt stripping all of your dead skin away. Okay. It's just a natural abrasion, right. I guess. Yeah. And uh, the mud certainly didn't help. Were the you fact- baby smooth? I was baby smooth. 
baby smooth. You like that. I do. I wasn't there to experience it, but <laughs> you were baby smooth. Hotels pulled off on the way out of our, our place uh-huh. and uh, out of out of the Hilton and about two or three miles down the road. Uh, he pulled off and he said, this is a place where Jesus allegedly walked on the water. What? Yeah. No. Crazy, Have right? you heard that, that it's in Jordan? Did I you know, know he that? walked on the Dead Sea. I, I didn't know it was there. Did yeah. you take a picture? I did. Oh, that's amazing. I actually sent it to your brother and sister-in-law. I, I can't believe I didn't send it to you. No, you did not. No. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I First of all, I didn't know it was in Jordan. I thought it was in Israel. It could have been, you know, it could have been like Sasquatch. You know what I mean? Like he could have just been saying that. Like this is the you know, place. How would you ever know? I would never know. Right. How would I ever know? But I guess biblically, there's some sort of support or something like that, that it was in that uh, He region. can make up anything. Yeah. Well, the water was really... So that when I was talking about salt actually floating on top of the water, that's near the area where Jesus walked. Oh. So he could have just been walking on a, a salt flat. You know what I mean? You just debunked Jesus walking on water. I know. I know. Next up, next episode, I debunk water and wine. So it was three hours to get down to Wadi Rum at this point. So real quick, is Wadi Rum a town? Wadi Rum is a desert yes. national park. Park. Got it. Thank you. Okay. 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 And in that national park, the reason I keep bringing it up- So it's it kind of like Zion. It is definitely like Zion. We thought we were going glamping. We were in for something way oh, different. Oh, you didn't do under canvas. We did not do under canvas. Right. No, it was, it was definitely me, not okay. the Zion experience. Tell me your knockoff Zion experience right okay. now. Set the picture. Okay. You're going glamping. What does it look like in your head? What is it supposed to be? Tell me, tell me what it's supposed well, to be. Well, according to the photos on booking.com and viator.com, it's supposed to be these modular bubble shaped tents, somewhat made out of glass that look like you are colonizing Mars. So a dome. A dome. A dome tent. A glass dome. A gla- in the middle of the desert. a glass dome, yes. Okay, that doesn't sound appealing to me. I Glass attracts heat. Like, it sounds like you'd be in a sauna. Why would you want to slay in a glass dome in the middle of the desert? Because they're air-conditioned and tinted and oh, okay. you know, reflective. Right. And they okay. look super sci-fi. So right. I was like, you know, it's going to be like we're sleeping on Dune for a night. Should okay. be fun. Uh, so we're driving down and all of a sudden Bill's like, we're nearing, we're maybe 35, 40 minutes away from where we're supposed to meet our, I'm going to say camp counselor, the owner of the camp. Right. And all of a sudden Bill's phone starts exploding. Where are you? We've been waiting for you. What's going on? We're doing dinner. We still have to go register for this national park. Like you still have to check in. They had to check our passports. So he hands the the phone to hotels to see where we're going to meet so he can pick us up and then take us into camp and hotels is talking they're talking in arabic back and forth and then hotels looks at us and he kind of rolls his eyes and he hands a phone back to bill and bill's like so we'll see you in a little bit yes yes hangs up and bill's like what's that all about he goes he actually forgot you guys were coming and i was like well why is he blowing up our phones and he looked at the reservations i guess and realized oh i should have two more people here yeah, but he was blowing up your fo- Bill's phone. He would have like. I, I think he realized very late in the day he wanted to go home. Oh, and he was like, "Are and you he coming?" He realized like, oh, "Oh gosh, these two jerk offs are mm. supposed to be here, yeah. and they're not because we were taking our sweet ass time in the Dead Sea." Yeah, and so hotels proceeds to tell us, "Well, he's mad because you're not staying in the same room," and Bill and I have a strict policy. Like, 
I'm not rooming with another dude. He doesn't want to room with me. I don't want to room with him. Mm -hmm. Like we're grown men. We want to each have our own space. Sure. And so I had my own cabin. He had his. But I guess, you know, Muhammad was a little pissed off because now he had to clean two cabins on the fly and get them ready for two different people. Let me get this straight. It was bad enough that he forgot about you. When he realized he started blowing up Bill's phone, he figured, okay, it's only one room I need to clean. Yeah. Not two. Yeah. But then he realized, oh, it's two. Yeah. Okay. So then finally we get through the park police and all that. We go through another security checkpoint and uh, dogs everywhere, by the way, in the Middle East. Strays again? No, no. Like security dogs, bomb dogs in Egypt, all over Egypt, all over Jordan, everywhere we went. So finally Muhammad picks us up and, you know, he's, you could tell he's pissed when he picks us up. And I'm like, this is not a great way to start an amazing night of camping. (laughs) Snap out of it, Muhammad. This is like the Middle East. This is just going to be the Middle Eastern Friday the 13th or what? Yeah, like he's giving you attitude. He was totally giving us attitude. And so he's like- What time of the night was this? I'm just curious. It was like 7.30, Oh, okay. So you didn't roll up at 11 p.m. No, no. He had dinner planned with his family and you just screwed the whole thing up. And I totally get that. But he had when we got there, we realized, oh, he's got all these little minions working here. Like one of them could, he could have broken one of them off to come get us. Yeah. And Wadi Rum really is set up. Like if you're not camping there or taking a Jeep tour there, you can't just drive in there. So you're not allowed, like, it's not like Yosemite where you can take your car winding through the mountains or anything. Oh, really? Not at all. It's restricted? It is restricted. Oh, okay. So you need a permit basically to transport people in and out. And so the front gate is like, you can't get past the front gate. Hotels could not take us to our campsite. Oh, he really needed a permitted person who yeah. was, oh, yeah, wow. So I that's a very that's, important That facet. is. Okay. Okay. So so for you to get inside Wadi Rum, you needed a permitted driver mm-hmm. to bring you in there. Yeah, and, like okay. a, uh, somebody who works So maybe the, the truth is Muhammad is really the only one that's permitted because it's probably expensive to get permits. No, because he's got guys, as we find later, that do Jeep tours and everything. They're allowed to oh. drive around and everything. So okay. he could have sent one of his... What, bottom line was he wanted us to check in when he... He wanted us to check in. He and started, you didn't. He started reading us the riot act. Like you've already missed the sunset. You've already missed dinner. You've already missed. And we're like, oh, we just needed a little bit of a spa day. Uh-huh. You know. How's my skin feel? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. So then, uh, so we're recording, right? And I'm recording him a little bit. And I turned the camera on him. This is, this got weird. This, this got weird. He, he says, do not record me. Do not, you cannot record me without my permission. And I was like, oh, okay. After I put my phone down, he did this weird like fishtailing thing with the Jeep. Like he was pissed and he like, he, it was like his way of shaking us into his world kind of thing, like into his line of thinking or whatever. And Bill, I looked back at Bill and I was like, seriously, what the F is going on? You know? Yeah. And then we got to the camp. We quickly realized we had been baited and switched. In what way? There were no bubble tents. There were no bubbles. There were no sci-fi domes. Get out of here. It was just a sort of a uh, a shack for lack of a better. It wasn't a tent per se. It had all the all the all the sleeping arrangements were like buildings. They had or the buildings tile floors, of. and then they had like wooden uh, posts, but they were they were fixed. They were stir- or they had cinder block walls. Oh, okay. That's a far cry from a glass dome, a cinder block. They were square. A cinder block cave is a far cry from a glass dome. Yeah. So they were square and they were decorated with all sorts of Middle Eastern tapestries and fabrics and stuff. So that was cool if that's what you were expecting. 
but we were not expecting that. Where were the domes? Were there domes? Well, so I said to Bill when we got there, I was like, hey, bro, not for nothing, but these are not the dome tents, right? Yeah. And Bill's like, hey, uh, we were supposed to have, if you look at this guy on booking.com, but if you look at it, the first picture is a dome tent. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, there are no dome tents here. So, you know, he says to Bill, he goes, oh, well, that's the premier camp. And if you want that, it's an extra $80 a night per person or whatever. And we're like, what the hell? Like, why would you put that picture there if that's not what this camp is? Mm -hmm. Nothing you can do because A, you're in Jordan. Mm -hmm. B, you're in a desert. Mm -hmm. And now it's desert law. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you could disappear. Exactly. And so I, you know, so I pulled And he's Bill. already telling you not to record yeah. him. Exactly. It was weird. And so I said to Bill, I go, Hey, not for nothing, but we're one and done. Like we're not, we were supposed to be there for two nights. Yeah. Who wants to stay in a cinder no. block hut? No. And so, uh, and so I said to Bill, I'm like, we're one and done. Like we are going to in the middle of the desert. Dip in the, we're dipping in the morning when the, the first Jeep out, we're out. So we go to the main, uh, I don't know, cattle. Hut kennel, <laughs> wherever it is. We go to the main wow. hut. Okay. Um, everybody's having tea there. Everybody who's camping there is having tea there. So we met uh, a girl named Via who has become our, she's a British girl. We met Mona and Turkai uh -huh. who would end up being our buddies for the next like 72 hours. And we met, uh, we met a couple, I think they were, they're Scandinavian. I want to say they were from Sweden, super tall, super good looking, super gorgeous. They still talk to us despite all that. So uh -huh. Props to them. Uh, I forget their names. And then uh, there were a couple other people that had sort of checked in and out the next morning. Um, but we were all comparing notes. And, and we're all like, we've been baited and switched, right? Oh, everyone? Everyone. 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 Not just you and Bill. Not just Bill and I, no. So, so were you, like, was everyone complaining? Yeah, a little bit. And oh, so, so it's like they really did do a scam. They really did. But the next morning, like a handful of those people via left and they're so... Bill and I decided, okay, here's what we're going to do. I got it. Hold on. Let me interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. Kind of a good scam. I got to tell you, because most people wouldn't even think about spending a night in the desert unless they have a dome, because truthfully, you and Bill spent the night in the desert because that dome was what attracted you. Right. So even if they get one night out of people, like if people are mad and they're out of there the next night, they're still getting one night, which yeah. is how much a night? How much was it? It was like $80 a person. Yeah. So you and Bill was $160. Yeah. So they got you in the desert. It was the most expensive place we stayed. It sounds like Disney. Tom for pound. It sounds like you guys got, you guys got was. suckered into a tourist trap. We absolutely did. Wow. So Wadi Rum, uh, you know. No I, more. No more. So, but Bill and I decided, okay, we're going to sleep and then we're going to wake up So tomorrow. British girl is like, I'm out of here. She's out. Okay. Now you got the, the good looking Scandinavian couple and then the other good looking couple from, where are they from? The Turkish couple. Okay. Yeah. So, you've got, and so you've got two other couples that are like, I'm still going to hang. Like, what are they thinking? Well, they had booked it and yeah, they were like, okay, we're going to, you know, stay an extra, we're going to just fulfill our booking or whatever, but this is not what we talked about. Okay. So you were like, I'm out of here though. I wanted to be out of there. Got it. But then, uh, before we went to bed that first night, our, uh, not, not the owner, but one of the other guys that worked there said, Hey, we're doing a Jeep tour in the morning. So you can see the desert. It's from, you know, it's however long you want. They were really pushing a six hour Jeep tour in oh, 105 like degree weather. And I was that like, sounds like, I'm hell. not going to be on the back of a Jeep that long. I'm sorry. You'll be dead. You'll be sunburned. You'll be, fr your ears would fall off. <laughs> they would. 
<laughs> yes, honey, they would fall off. You're right. And so uh, you don't put sunscreen imagine on coming your back ears. with no ears. That would suck. Yeah, oh my God. But I would know. I would see you. It'd be all you, fried like Van Gogh. I would see you lost them in the desert in Jordan because you don't put sunscreen on. I you know. Have, like gaping uh -huh. holes in the side yep. of my head. Go ahead. Oh my God, that would suck. Um, so uh we decide, okay, we're going to do the two hour Jeep tour because that was the smallest increment you could do. Mm -hmm. And we're going to leave around 8.30 or 9 in the morning. When we get back, we're checking out. Okay. Right? So we go on the tour and the first place this guy takes us is this canyon. You pull in and up on the mountain, you could see that there's a cavern where you can walk. And it did look really cool. It looked really cool. The only problem was there was about 200 yards of sand straight up to get to it. And we were, Bill and I were both like, yeah, we're not doing that. Like, like I, hiking? Yeah, hiking. I, I was like, I just took a shower. I'm not doing that. Uh -uh. <laughs> so uh, it, it, it was almost vertical. I swear to God. And it was like the power, like we're talking, this is the type of desert that you see in postcards with camels and all that stuff. Oh, it's that like, beautiful. It's powdery sand. Got it. And this particular stretch was going almost straight up. We were like, no way, dude, we're not doing that. Uh -huh. So then he was like, okay. And then he took us to another one where you could parkour up a cavern. <laughs> so this one was all rocks and he scooted right up. He's like, come on, see you do it like this. And I could have done it like 15 years ago or something like that. Like again, walking. Like, no, literally like rock climbing. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like I know parkour. I know what you're saying, but like you're on your feet. You're like, not in the Jeep. He, like, none of this is a Jeep tour. You're talking it's on foot. Oh yeah. This, this part's on foot. So, okay. so he would Jeep us. I'm over sorry. To when you say foot. it's a Jeep tour, I'm not oh, yeah. leaving the Jeep. That's what I so, think. Well, so after this second part, uh, where he scoots up and you can go up there and there are actually springs at the top. Like there's water coming oh, through the rocks. I gave him my phone and I was like, you can go and you can do it, but I'm not trying to like fall down this ravine and break both my legs. He goes up, he takes video of the springs. He comes back down our tour guide and he gets back in the Jeep. And as Bill and I get back in the Jeep, I go, why don't we just give him a little extra money and just have him drive us around for a couple hours? Like, I don't want to stop any more places or yeah. whatever. So we get up to the next spot and he goes, this, this is where Star Wars was filmed. I think it was the third crappy Star Wars, like back in the early 2000s okay. or whatever. It was was like, it you and McGregor Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, or maybe it was the new one. Maybe it was Rogue One. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It looked like sand. Did it look like? It looked like sand. Oh, okay. So yeah. he again yeah, it looked like Tatooine. It looked like it looked like Luke Skywalker's home planet. So he could have said anything. He could have said anything. Okay. And he gets out and he goes, This is Star Wars. Do you want to do this? And we're like, No. <laughs> like, we're good. We didn't even get out of the Jeep. We took a couple photos. Oh just my because gosh. there were like other you could at that point you could see other camps and other Jeep tours going on. So it, it was a cool shot. When you go to the desert in the United States, you see a lot of cacti, you see a lot of um greenery. Photos of Egyptian or I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a photo of a Jordanian desert. I think all of my photos that I've ever seen were said, you know, claim they were from Egypt. Yeah. Is there no plant life in that's in there? Very little. So it really is all sand. Very it's just little. all sand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. So think of no cacti. Uh, think think of uh yeah, no, I mean not even like dead brush. No, no tumbleweed. It no, is the of pictures of just sand. It really is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um that's fine. There was some here and there, very sparse, very, very sparse. Okay. So the final stop on our little Jeep tour, uh, he took us to this place where 
there were a thousand people going in and out of this ravine. I think it had some sort of religious significance. I'm not Water? sure. No, just a, ca a canyon. People could climb up on the sides of the rock and it was shaded. Okay. So because of where the sun was in the sky. So it was a place, it really was like a small little like, you know, recreational area or whatever. There must have been a thousand tourists at this one. Like, oh, wow. Not a thousand. Okay. That's an exaggeration. There must've been at least 300 people. You weren't getting out of the Jeep, were you? We got out of the Jeep. We went right to the tea tent and we hung out there for 45 minutes. All right. So this poor Jeep tour guy was like these two duds. Yeah, pretty much. But he had an easy tour and he still made his money. Okay. So we get back to the camp and I'm like, Bill, let's go, let's go, let's go. And Bill's like, well, let's just wait and see. At that point- Wait and see for what? Well, our friends Mary and Gary from the Egypt episode yeah. were now in Jordan. Oh, okay. And we were trying to figure out like they're in Petra or they're in Aqaba. Aqaba is a beach town like right on the Red Sea, okay. also on our hit list. And so we were trying to figure out, we were winging it. And now this is where winging it kind of got away from us. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah, let me hear it. I, I'm, so, I'm looking for, I'm settling in. All right, let me get my popcorn. So- with every minute the clock is ticking, the less chance we have of telling this guy we don't want to stay Oh, yeah, because at some point, he's yeah. like, you're into the next day. So it, we got back from our tour around 11, mm -hmm. and at 1.30, we still had not oh, yeah, settled. You're on, stuck with that we place. We were stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there. You were stuck at 11.30. I got to be we honest with were. you. So I'm sitting there in the tea tent, covered in flies. <laughs> Which tea tent now are we in? Are we this still is, on the this one? This is the one at our camp. Oh, okay. So now you're back at the camp in the yeah. tea tent covered in flies. Yeah. This is the one. There's at, no air conditioning. Uh, this is the one at sleepaway camp. Uh, there's no, oh my God, that's the biggest thing. It says air conditioning on the booking.com. Yeah. Yeah. The air conditioning is two, uh, two of those uh, pedestal fans. You walk in and you don't see an air conditioner. Yeah. Did you happen to say to Muhammad, there's no air conditioner? Yeah. We're like, what the hell? And yeah. what did he say? We were, he was like, he was like, no, no, this will be fine. And you're going to be out on tours and stuff anyway. It doesn't matter. So, it says air conditioner listed in the amenities. Yeah. 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 I would not have been happy. We got stuck. Okay. So there comes a point. You can't really pull a Karen in the desert, can you? It's really difficult in another country. I would have really. I was had a so hard happy time. to get back to Washington D.C. when I got back, because then I could just be an a-hole to everybody again. But, All right, so go ahead. So you're in the middle of the desert. You got nowhere. You're covered in flies. No, this sounds like an awesome vacation. I and, have to tell you. And you know, plans are still being formulated or whatever. And finally, I'm like, Bill, I'm going to go have a sweaty nap, and uh, you know, I'll catch up with you a little later around dinner time or whatever. And he was like, okay. And he said, he kept saying, let's go to Petra tonight. Just forget the camp. And I'm like, well, I'm not eating the money on this camp. I don't right. want to do that. Like, Go to Petra and get a hotel in Petra. Go to hotel and just, you know, eat, eat the extra night. Got here it. At Wadi and you Run. were not having that. I, I know. I, I know. know why. I, no, I know how you are. When you spend money, you want to suffer for the money you spent. So I totally understand. I'm like Bill. Like, you are. I've been like, I'm out. Yeah. I don't care how much money I spent. This is horrendous. You're right. And you're like, no, no, uh-uh. No. Yeah. I was like, we should have done this yesterday. Yeah. So now uh -huh. I'm like, forget it. We're here. So I'm just about to nod off. And all of a sudden, Bill knocks at my door and says, new plan. It was the best plan ever in the oh, end. Oh my God, what was it? So our Turkish friends, Mona and Turkai, they're about 32, 33 years old, uh, have two kids. They live in Turkey. They actually rented a car. We would drive two hours to Petra. We would go to the Petra, night, uh, Petra at night, uh, which I'll explain in a second. And then we would drive back. What is the draw of Petra? Like what, I, it, it, tell me. 
So, so around- if no one's ever heard, because I never heard of Petra. I mean, I, I, I people have heard of Petra because of the Amazing Race. I don't watch the Amazing Race, but I know that they went there. But what is what's the sights to see in Petra? A lot of people also know it from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Like oh. it's it's the okay the big reveal at the end of the third Indiana Jones movie is Petra. So. Okay. Uh, around 300 BC, there was a tribe of nomadic people that decided to settle in the mountains there. And when I say in the mountains, I mean literally in the mountains. They carved houses into the side of the mountains. Now, I'm not talking Pueblo style, Native American type houses. I'm talking like, like I'm talking ornate columns, rooms, chambers, uh, all this carved into the side of the mountain. Aliens did this? I think. There could have been aliens at play. Yeah, for sure. Because it's pretty detailed. It's very detailed. It uh-huh. looks like it looks like Greek architecture carved into the side of the mountain. Was it ha- so they lived there? there? It wasn't just designed. There's something like it was habitable. It was habitable. Uh they had a water system. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That would collect rain and thirty thousand people lived there at one point. Oh wow. There's okay. a period up until Wow, that's huge. I think it was like a hundred or two hundred years ago, people started like you know explorers discovered it again. There was a period of like five hundred years where nobody lived there, and all the water mains and all, like all the water aqueducts had fallen into disrepair and all that. But bottom line was, uh, they I think there were something like eight hundred structures carved into the mountains where all wow. these people lived. Oh my gosh! So they had a full on city carved. They the did. Mountain. Okay. And the most famous one is the Treasury Building. Mm-hmm. We left Wadi Rum. We're driving two hours, and we get. It's to a Petra. two hour drive. It's a two hour drive. Okay. Holy In our case, moly. it was actually two hours and forty five minutes, because, as it turns out, Turkai, our Turkish friend, has not really driven that much before. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's a big part that you left out. It is. Um, so Turkai and Mona don't really drive in the city they live in Turkey. Like they don't, I don't think they have a car. Um, How does he have a driver's license? Uh, I mean, I guess he has a driver's license, but they just don't. Oh my gosh. Like he hasn't so, driven that much. So, so a there's, two hour there's tra- obviously great public transportation there. Yeah. So a two-hour drive took two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Bill and I sort of looked at each other and we were like, uh, he's kind of driving slow. We're like, Turkai, you know, you can open it up a little. You can uh-huh. go. You know what I mean? And and he was like, oh, okay. He was like, I just, I want to be cautious because I've never driven here. And well, I've never really driven that much before. <laughs> and so we And then like, you find out and I he hasn't over, driven at all. Yeah. And then I look over at Bill and I was like, oh, we're in for a trip. Right. And so it took us a while to get up there. And as you're approaching Petra, now it is up in the mountains. So you're climbing like these goat roads and we're like. Are there no guardrails? We're t- no. And this is the first time this man has ever driven. Well, it's the first time he's ever driven in Jordan, probably a third or fourth time. I think he said that he's ever driven, period. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. Sheep, wow. goats, you okay. name it, as we were going through all these little villages on our way to Petra. Uh, we get there. It's it's basically like driving in San Francisco. You know how everything's on a hill? Yeah. And there's a cafe right there, and you got to pull off. Yeah. It's like that, only you're not going to get robbed. Okay. And so, you know, San Francisco's way more dangerous oh, yeah. than Petra. Right, I don't even know. So we stop, we eat, and so we go to Petra, you're winding through these caverns. It was super cool. They have those little bag lights leading you the whole way Aww, in. Love, they're called Lumineers, right? Lumineers, yeah. Hundreds of people. Is that, the, is that I know it's a band. Is that yeah. also the name of a 
They're called Lumineers, right? You're asking me? I don't know. I think they're called Lumineers. You're the one that reads Crate and Barrel. I don't. I think it's Lumineers. Go ahead. All right. So you go in through this cavern. There are all these like lighted pathways and stuff. And um, Mona, Turkai, Bill, and I all went through. And you get to this opening, and there is what they call the treasury. This is like the most iconic one out of all of them. It's probably the largest. So uh, it's lit up. They have they're casting lights on the sides of the mountains. You could see the stars. Oh, wow. It was insane. It mm -hmm. was a really cool view. And I kept grabbing like my phone and my wallet, like just kept checking them in my pockets because there were actually Bedouin gypsies all through the area, like offering to help you take a photo. And I'm like, bro, I'm not handing you my, my phone. Oh, they're going to run off with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like sneak into the How crowd. How did you know they were gypsies? Uh, it's really weird. They look so different. They looked like, like sort of the, the, they looked like Captain Jack Sparrow. All oh, of them. Are you it was serious? as if they all had eyeliner on and they didn't. They just had like, even the guys had like that sort of like eyelashes and stuff like that. They looked different. They just look different. They dress different. Ooh. So they're they native. Were, they're like the Native Americans of that area. Kind of. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Um, they, they just had a different look to them. They were all very uh, sort of thin and swanky looking, you know oh, what I mean? That's crazy. They look like they look like gypsies. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. Wow. And so uh as they were walking around, they're like, sir, I'll help you. I know how to take the picture in the dark. I know the best way. And and it's like you do want to say, okay, you know, take a picture of me or whatever, and I'll give him a couple bucks. Like I would have been fine with that, but the bottom line was I didn't want to lose my phone. Oh, so yeah. you know, I was like, oh no, I'm good, I'm good. Did you, you know. see them taking pictures of anyone else? There were a couple people. So did they run off with their phones? I didn't see anybody run. I didn't hear anybody scream, my phone, my phone, my phone. So okay. no. All right. Um, so anyway, we did that. And then we met up uh, our friends, Mary and Gary were there <laughs> in Petra. They must have uh, thought you guys were stalkers. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. They must have thought Bill was a stalker for, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But no, they were actually very inviting. They, they actually invited sure us everywhere they went. At some point, they looked at each other and go, not them again. <laughs> ah, they might have. I don't know. We're going to have to ask. Uh, but uh, so they were staying at, a, I would have said that to you. Oh, I, I would not have blamed you. Hang on. They were staying at a hotel right across the street from Petra and it's called move and pick M O V E N P I C K. So let me get this. Have you straight. ever heard of them? Move and pick. No, let me get this straight. Is Petra a national park or is Petra a city? Petra is a city and a national park. Got it. That's all I the need to know. The city around Petra is still called Petra. Got it. Okay. So, but those are regular houses. Nobody's living in the ca caverns anymore. Got it. Okay. Um, except maybe the Bedouin gypsies. I'm not sure. They might be. I don't think so. We'll have to look it up. Um, but, uh, so we went over to this hotel. It was really nice. Okay. Uh, so what time, how long did you spend in, in the historic national park of Petra? A couple hours. Okay, so we're at 10 o'clock now. Oh, yeah. And we're, you still have a three-hour drive back. Are you going to stay in Petra? Way, what are you doing? Yeah, the way Turkai drives. Yeah, we have, we're looking at two or three hours. Well, so uh, we went and we all were dying of thirst because we'd been in the desert all day. Yeah. And so- I would we, say. And so we were just talking. As, as we're talking, like Mona and Mary had become friends. The four guys were talking together. And then we look at the clock and it's like, it's after midnight at this point. Oh, this is crazy. And this is as insane. we're walking to the car, Bill is like, guys, we should stay here. We should stay here. We should really stay here. And Turkai is 
adamant. He's like, no, I'm fine. I, I, I will go back. We'll go back. Oh, it's and a three hour drive. It, it, it ended up being two and a half hours. Yeah. In oh, the he end. picked up the pace a little. He did pick up the pace a little. Okay. I don't know how, because now we were driving through goat roads on the side of a mountain. Going down. Dark. Yeah, going down. You yeah. were going up before. Okay. It took us 20 miles to get to the highway. So those 20 miles, like Bill and I were both white knuckling. But um, as we were getting into the car, Bill's like, this is a mistake. We should totally be staying. And I said, kind of. But, you know, he says he could do it. And Bill's like, do you really? And I go, I want to see if he can. <laughs> so it was a test. I was the one Are saying, you crazy? come on, let's see how this plays out, Bill. Be spontaneous. You're insane. I was insane. And so- And how did that play out? Turkai took it smooth. I mean, it ended up being not a bad trip at all. We get all the way back to Wadi Rum, 2.30 in the morning, right? Wait, but you need to get someone to get you into the park. Exactly. Oh, shit. So we had to pull up to our tour guide's house, right? This is so funny. We pull up to the tour guide's house- and as this we're pulling this is a Jeep up, tour guide now. This is in the this is in the town. Like this is like this is spooky. I know, but this who, is a little bit zero dark thirty. This part we pull in. I need to know logistics. You yeah. know how I am. Who had this guy's address? How did you get it? Mona. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Mona okay. knew. Well, they had already parked their vehicle there because don't forget oh. they were driving, so they had already been you in that area. I don't know if they parked in that exact spot, but there's a parking lot. If you're driving where you park and then they'll take you in that parking lot, though, is behind someone's house. This is so complicated. So go ahead. All right. So we pull in, though. It was so funny. Our headlights turn up the driveway and we look and there's a rectangle of light there. The front door is wide open. Right. And all of a sudden we see this little dude's head pop up. (laughs) He was laying on the floor. (laughs) It pops up in the door and we're like, oh, I they're here, you know, or whatever. It was like, it was weird. It was super creepy because it's like, it's like rolling up to a little town that you've never been in before yes. at two 30 in the morning and all yeah. of a sudden getting out of your car in somebody's yeah. house, you know? And so it was a little trippy. I'm not going to lie. He was but sleeping on the floor. He was sleeping on the floor. Okay. And then they get up and they're like, okay, let's go. And they took us to camp and we all crashed. And the next morning we were up at like eight 30, got breakfast real quick. And then we were out of there. Uh, finally out of Wadi Rum camp, but yeah, it was quite the adventure, but we get, we pull into the driveway at this dude, at dude's house Uh and Turkai goes, Oh, I've never really driven in the dark before. Oh, (laughs) I was like, well, it's a trip full of firsts, isn't it? Oh my gosh. That is insane. So he never drove really. And then he never drove in the dark and on a road with no guardrails. That was like, like goats would just cross it. Yeah. In okay. another country. Yeah. That was with two meanwhile, it's like the, first off, they're I'm the, holding my breath and I'm not even there. They were the sweetest people. They really were. And I there were moments when like they offered to drive us there. They offered to drive us back. And I was like, what the like they're a lovely couple. I'm like, what the hell are they doing hanging out with us? I think it's weird that they trusted you too. I know. I know. <laughs> what is it that we gave off that we were like trustworthy. I need their numbers. Yeah, exactly. I need their phone numbers because I cannot have them traveling like that in the future. This is where like the mama bear comes out. I'm like, okay, they cannot be so trustworthy. There was a part of me where I would, you know, we're like 20 years older than them. We're traveling together. I know so many people that- Thought you were gay? Yeah, exactly. Uh Like so many people that we encounter along the way, we're like, oh, I think they're a couple. (laughs) (laughs) And and if you look at all the pictures of (laughs) us, like Bill and I with- 
Mona and Turkai and Gary and Mary. It's like hetero, hetero, Bill and James. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> it's the funniest thing everywhere we went. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're uh, a good looking couple. Oh, thanks. Uh-huh. I'll tell Bill you said uh-huh. so. Yeah. So the next morning, that was it. We were done with Wadi Rum. I hate that place. Newsflash. If you're going to go to Wadi Rum, my advice would be to stay in the nearby beach town on the Red Sea, Aquaba, A-Q-A-B-A. Drive the hour and a half to Wadi Rum. Do a Jeep tour. Drive your ass back to Aqaba at the end of the night. Do not bother with the camps. Our camp was weird. Um, I walked in on the day we were checking out and Mohammed sitting next to Bill on the bed. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and and he's basically making Bill leave him a positive review right there on no, the spot. And no. he, I guess he did it to Via the day before. The British girl that the left. The British girl that, that was, left. Was like, I'm yeah. out of here. And she changed it afterward. And so now he was sitting with Bill, making sure that Bill left a positive review. And he's like, do not change it. Do not change it. And all this stuff. It was weird. The dude was so weird. He was weird. So my advice to you is do not stay in the Wadi Rum camps. Go take the Jeep tour. Look at the camp. Maybe get a cup of tea and then get your ass to Akaba. All right. So what happens if you change it? Change what? The review. Oh, uh, so what happens as Via found out is she changed it and he's actually been hounding her at least two or three times since the trip. Now, mind you, this is already like we're a week and a half, two weeks out from this trip at this point. He just sent her a text actually today. She sent it to me and she said the plot thickens and it's him. Like he was offering her 50 US dollars back to change her review. I don't so understand shady. it. It's so shady. It is so weird. No, he's making so much money from these one-nighters, from people who come, like you and totally. Bill, book a couple nights, then say, this is terrible, and they bounce after one night, but yeah. he's still getting that one night, which is a lot of money. But, but he's, he, got a whole, he's got a whole system going. Does, His whole business a, model is based on doing this. But it's so weird, and I'll tell you why. If you go to his booking.com uh, post, like his, what is it called? His his camp his, his camp his like page camp. his page oh yeah if you go to his booking dot com page for his camp yeah he's pulling like nine point five reviews because he's 10. harassing people he's sitting on their bed telling them no but it's like why harass her again because like do you need a perfect ten you're never gonna get a perfect ten it's like one or two people like you know tell people how it really is and you're worried about it? like his rating is through the roof for what his place offers hmm. it's been working. Clearly. And I'll tell you why. Because when you're a traveler and you're on vacation, you'll deal with him. You'll leave the review because he's standing over you, making you do it. And you won't change it later because you're just exhausted. You're on to the next city and you're like, True. oh, forget it. It's yeah. like, it's like, you know, it's in the dist- it's in the past now. And yeah. you've already had so many great experiences yeah. that you're forgetting about that one. He's really like so fortunate that people are just passing through. Because if it was a last stop for most people, yeah. then he would not be. I'm telling you, people would change it. Oh. They would change it if it was the last stop and they're getting on an airplane. They're going to change it at the airport. But that desert run isn't a last stop. It's a pass through to something else, whether it's Israel or Saudi Arabia, like whatever it is, you yeah. know? Yeah. But why well, um, he's he's a maniac. I'm 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 got the whole picture. Yeah. So once I could detach Bill and Mohammed from the bed, uh, <laughs> and incidentally, uh, one thing I want to mention is. In the Middle East, if you want a king bed, they will smash two twin beds together. Do you know this phenomena? Well, that's what they did. And like- they'll just put one cover over the top, but not like 
a mattress cover, just a sheet. Like it happened in oh, our hotel at the Conroy. It's not that surprising because that's how they do. Well, actually, did you like when they do two twin box springs for one king bed? I don't know. I'm not like that surprised. But I'm saying the mattress. I know. I know so, what you're saying. I know what you're saying. So yeah. you order a king bed and you're like, oh, I can sprawl I know, but you out. could still and you, fall. And there's the, a seam in the middle. You could still fall in the yeah, middle. It's, like it's just not, a sheet. I was like, I should have just got a twin bed because I'm still sleeping. No, on you should have gotten a queen bed. If you can find one. They're they don't not, have queen beds? No, like a lot of places just offer like two full beds or two twin well, beds or and then one king bed. Then get a full bed. Full bed is better than a twin bed, but a king bed is yeah, a seam. They don't all, always offer it. What I'm saying is modularly, they put twin beds together I know or make saying. twin beds. Yeah. So if you can find a queen bed or whatever, irrelevant. We left the camp. Screw that place. So <laughs> We're out of here. <laughs> we're out of here. But were Mona and Turkai going to Aquaba? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we all just... settled on the night before. They were like, what do you guys want to do tomorrow? Are you serious? They had fun with us. Wait, so they were basing their travel on what you guys wanted to do? Well, we collectively decided as a group, we were all friends at that point. What were you going to do before you met them? Oh, uh, we were going to go to Aquaba, probably. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. And Bill was going to cross the bridge then into Israel because okay. he was going to he was going to continue on. So they to probably Tel were going to go to Aquaba too. Maybe uh, they had talked in the morning about going to Petra and then going back up to Amman. It was all up in the air. Oh, so then they just liked you guys so much that they went to Aquaba. That we all decided together. Am yeah. I saying it right? Aquaba? Yeah. Okay. So it's a, And then it's Mary a beach and Gary town. woke up in the morning. They met us there too. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the six of us actually. The I band know. was all back together. The band was all back together. Okay. We did run into a little glitch though. We left the camp. We were on our way to Aquaba. Wait, was Turkai driving again? Turkai is driving How again. How come Mona didn't drive? You would, I don't know. I don't know. Because, you know, she's like letting him be the man, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. I have no idea. All right. Um, he was doing a good job, though. Uh, we we were driving along, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Turkai passes a guy. Like, what? Went into the other no, lane. No, no. No. How slow was that other guy we going? We were so proud. Like Bill and I, it was like our little duckling had grown up. It was <laughs> so great. Somebody. We were like, oh my yes. God, I just got a tear in my eye. We we're like, yes. We were screaming. <laughs> do it. Do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Go, Turkai. He nailed it. You nailed it, Turkai. Good job. And so um, everything was great for a little while after that moment until we blew a tire. We were oh, no. driving along and all of a sudden I heard do, 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 do. And I was like, oh, oh we all know what that sound is. I was like, is. oh gosh, Turkai's on the median again. And I look up and no, he wasn't. He was in the lane. And I, at that moment, Bill and I both looked at each other oh. like, holy cow, this guy is getting the full gauntlet of driving experiences being with us, right? <sighs> so the tire's flat. He has to get out of the fast lane all the way over. And of course, you know, it's the Middle East, so... Uh, Mercedes trucks are going by a thousand miles an hour, yep. not moving over. Um, we get out of the car. We're like, yep, the front tire's flat. Front passenger or driver? Front driver. So then it's on the side where all the cars are going yep. really, really fast. Yep. Oh no, that's dangerous. Fortunately, Turkai and Mona had very colorful luggage. So we used that as traffic cones <laughs> to put out behind the car. They didn't care if someone hit it and just went <laughs> flying up in the air. Because that's what's going to happen. I guess it could have totally Oh happened. my God. Okay. Uh, so, you know, Bill and I, so Turkai's standing there and we're all looking at the tire and we said, and we already knew the answer to the question, but we were like, Turkai, have you ever changed a tire before? And he's like, no, I have not. I have never had a reason to change a tire. We're like, 
all right, watch and learn, son. Here we go. And within five minutes, seven minutes, something like that, Bill and I had the tire change, but I have video and everything. I took oh, I have video to see on this. the side of the road. Okay, uh, YouTube short. We're doing a YouTube short on changing was, a tire in um, Jordan. Yeah, I was the jack guy. Bill was the lug nut guy. And then Turkai helped us switch the tire Did out it feel like NASCAR? It did a little bit. Because you yeah. had to be fast. You have cars coming a thousand miles. It was it was so great. It was perfect. It was the perfect capper. The fact that we didn't die is great. Oh yeah. You what know? does Turkai and Mona do for a living in Turkey? Uh Turkai is, I want to say uh Mona's an IT professional and she uh actually has, strangely enough, her own travel blog. So <gasps> what? I met a oh, fellow awesome. okay. pseudo influencer. She's an influencer. I'm not. What uh, were you doing that day though? Uh, we just kicked it in that we wanted to see one more town. Were you on going our way to the up. airport? That's what I'm asking. That night. Yeah. I oh. flew from Aquaba to Amman. Okay. That night. And then from Amman, I just stayed at the airport. Bill walked. Bill took a cab to the bridge. We said goodbye. Parting with such sweet sorrow and Aww. all that. It was a fantastic trip. And Bill went on to Israel. And then Mona and Turkai took off. And then Gary, Mary, and I. Gary and Mary were going on to Turkey. And uh, I was going to go home. So Gary, Mary, and I all jumped on a plane from Aquaba to Amman. Got it. Uh, I said goodbye to them at the airport there in Amman. And then my flight went uh, through Austria and then back home. Okay. So really quick, tell us a little bit about Aquaba. Uh, Aquaba is definitely a sort of, there are resorts there on the Red Sea, like beaches where you can go and swim. There's a little bit of that. It's a lot more like the area we were at was more of sort of a maritime thing, like a harbor kind of thing. Not a lot of swimming where in the exact area where we were. Is it called the Red Sea because of red clay? <clears throat> that I don't know. I wonder why it's called the Red Sea. Has the water clear? It was pretty clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was not red. Okay. And it was not dead. Got it. It's, okay. it's got, it's definitely got a sort of seaside vibe to it. There's like, it's definitely a Middle Eastern flavor to the oh, whole thing. Okay. Okay. Um, like the buildings and everything still look distinctly Middle Eastern. Got it. Um, it's not as modern as Amman, as Amman. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, we just went there because it was like, okay, check it off. I saw the Red Sea and, you know, got to check out one more town on the way was out. Was the food there good? The food was delicious everywhere we went, except for Wadi Rum Camp. Okay. Yeah. So the food in Jordan, is it pigeon? Uh, no, but strangely enough, when we were in Petra, Bill got a little adventurous and actually tried camel. Oh, I don't think I would do that. I don't think I would either. And in fact, I didn't because I had had enough of the pigeon experiment in Egypt. So I was not in the mood for exotic animals anymore. Okay. So is it, well, okay, you're in the Middle East. So is the food... Like, give us real quick rundown on the food, real quick. Like, uh, in, fresh, in Jordan, not full of preservatives. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of vegetables and fruits. All, it was very similar so to Cairo in many ways, and in, in, in similar to Egypt. Uh, fresh fruit, mango, all kinds of juices, all kinds of smoothies. Okay, so they eat really well, they but do. they just smoke themselves to death. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Would you recommend Jordan? I would definitely recommend Jordan. Uh, it was, especially Amon, was way more cosmopolitan and chic than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Not as, like, does not have the skyscrapers of Dubai, is not nearly as large as Dubai. But like we said earlier, it was like going to maybe sections of West Hollywood or Beverly Hills or something 
where the structures are nice, the food is good, the restaurants are nice, and there are no homeless people or drug addicts like oh. laying on the stoop outside. So they have the same aesthetics as Cairo, except cleaner. Way cleaner. Got it. Okay. Not, not even close. Okay. Like not even close. It's way cleaner. It was Middle East meets European a little bit. Oh, okay. You know? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. I get it. So ultimately, I just want to give a huge shout out to Mona and Turkai for uh, letting Bill and I join their cause and have a great time on the trip. They really did rescue us from Wadi Rum Camp. It sounds like it. It was like amazing it. to have some new friends. I wonder and if they left a review. I don't know if they left a review or not. I guess I would have to message them. Uh -huh. You're going to have uh, to. If you are heading to Turkey, you may want to also follow Mona. She is at Mona, M-O-N-A-G-E-N-C-E-R, at on Instagram, at Mona Jenser. I highly recommend it. She speaks fluent English and Russian, and she's uh, quite the enigma. So with all that said, thank you for letting me recap. I think you should go on a trip soon. Yeah. Maybe Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. Random, but all right. That just came out of nowhere. <laughs> maybe, you know. Wisconsin, huh? Yeah. Door County is supposed to be a nice place to visit. So maybe I'll go there. Yeah, we've heard that for uh -huh. sure. Yeah. Oh, you're going to head to Door County with the ladies? Maybe. Oh, look at you. Uh -huh. You got you got something up your sleeve. You go to Jordan. I go to Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. It's the same, but different. All right. I get it. Don't come back a Packers fan. They won't talk to you in Never. Chicago anymore. Are you kidding? Never. Take them out. Empty nest, full tank. See ya. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.